Salem here. We're moving forward with episode 384, and we're going to conclude the writing series, the writing community series. I am so honored. I've got Dr. Lori Shemek on as my guest today. She's written several books, uh, and I'm going to start off by saying, if you don't already follow Dr. Lori on Twitter, because she provide some of the most useful and helpful health and diet tips uh, every morning. It's, it's part of my daily morning routine. When I hop on Twitter and I see something from Dr. Lori, it is, she's sharing out gold. So she's one of the individuals that I follow that I feel make Twitter a, a place, a, a worthwhile place to be on. So how are you today, Dr. Lori? Thank you. That is so sweet of you to say that. I really appreciate that. No, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and that's my goal is to really help people help, you know, just give them bits of information that they can apply easily to change their health for the better. So, you know, my passion started a long time ago, still going strong. Absolutely. And well, let's get to that. So share with our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do and where you're located. Absolutely. So I'm in Dallas, Texas, and um, and I've lived in quite a few, not a quite a few, but you know, a good uh, four states in my life. And uh, so, you know, my story and the reason I do what I do is because I watched my mother suffering with her mm. health, and always it was a different health condition. She was sick most of the time, and. And she felt, like many people do, that this was her lot in life. This is the hand she'd been dealt. And she didn't know what to do. And had I been older, I would have been able to help guide her more and help her probably. Um, so, but, you know, she, she made unhealthy choices. And I underscore the word choice because that's, we all have choice. And mm-hmm. Um, and so she, you know, she was verging on obesity. She smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. She was eating a diet high in sugar and other refined foods. And she was sedentary. Um, and she was under chronic stress because she was trying to raise three young children all on her own. So she had no, no family support and everybody lived out of state. And so, you know, suffice it to say, my mother's health, uh, you know, dwindled. And, uh, and during that period of time, I was trying to help with the, my, my two younger brothers take care of them. And, um, and so she died at the very young age of 36. I'm sorry. Behind, thank you. Uh, three young children with, and we had nowhere to go. And so, um, you know, it was just that underscore of choice that I wanted to to really uh, put out there because had she made different choices, chances are she probably would would be here with us now. And so, uh, just you know, and, and as you know, John, on my podcast, I always put out little small bits of information, and those are choices, and those little tiny choices have a powerful impact. People don't realize it, but it's changing gene expression. And that's a very important component that many people don't focus on, but I think everybody should. And uh, anyway, so that motivated me to get into uh, psychology. Initially, Mm -hmm. I got my doctorate in psychology and I worked for Family Outreach, um, a nonprofit organization for 20 years, became vice president. And I noticed with my clients that when 
I changed their food, literally just their food, um, that everything changed for them. They had more motivation. They were nicer people. Mm. Their family system became stronger, more, uh, they were more bonded. And so, um, you know, I decided that I had my doctorate in, in counseling psychology. And so I retired from there, went back to school, which oh, wow. was challenging, uh, and became a nutritionist and, um, and, you know, um, coaching, uh, professional coaching. Uh, degree. And so I decided I did this purposely to create my own company to help people uh, with their health conditions to create better health. Mm -hmm. Optimal health is what I wanted to do. Oh, that's and fantastic. so that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> and and again, I, I really encourage our listeners to to follow you on social media, check out your podcast, mm -hmm. we'll have that linked in the write up. So Dr. Laurie, as you know, the focus of this series, I'm uh, talking to authors across many different backgrounds and uh, walks of life, you've written several books. So I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about the theme of your books, what the focus has been, and um, if there's a particular book you'd like to mention or highlight, you know, feel free to do so. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, the reasons I wrote my books was largely due to the subject of inflammation, this, this silent inflammation that that is causing so much distress. And as it's now a buzzword, essentially, because right. of COVID, but I've been writing about it for a long time, because I saw that if we can keep inflammation low, uh, we can optimize our health and we can oh, live a longer, healthier life, right? Have a, a, a health span that is uh, optimal. And so I decided to, my first book uh, was about weight loss because I wanted to help everybody that was coming to me for help um, was overweight for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, fire up your fat burn. And it was a, a relatively small book, but it focused on inflammation as a driving factor. And, um, and then the next book I wrote, uh, published by HarperCollins is called um, uh, Fat Flammation. So it's a it's a tongue twister of a title, how to fight fat flammation. And that book focuses on reversing inflammation. It's a three week plan with diet and uh, very, you know, it's a very extensive book, easy to read for, for everybody. And then my next book was again about reversing inflammation through intermittent fasting, oh, the beginner's guide to intermittent fasting. And uh, many people don't know that uh, when you, you do, when you are fasting, you're reversing inflammation. And then the next book I wrote is called uh, The Ketogenic Key. And uh, again, we're talking about reversing inflammation in the body because uh, the uh, ketogenic diet, or if you are promoting uh, ketosis in the body, you're stopping an inflammasome that actually reverses or literally stops the inflammatory process in the body. And so, but I, I offer other ways, it should have been called the, the ketosis key, <laughs> but I called it the ketogenic key, but it's, it does have the ketogenic diet in there, um, tons and tons of recipes. Uh, it has, you know, intermittent fasting because that too promotes, you know, um, autophagy and ketosis, et cetera, and supplementation, which does and exercise. Which many oh, people don't know. 
Well, it sounds like it's a very immersive experience and you've written a yes. very interactive series of books. For our listeners and also for my own edification, uh -huh. can you give a basic definition of inflammation? I know it's a buzzword. We hear it a lot, um, but I think it would be helpful for all of us if we had just maybe a little bit of a primer on what inflammation is and what causes it. Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, we have what's called acute inflammation. And that's when you scrape your knee, you sprain your ankle, mm -hmm. you get a cold, right? That type of inflammation is not so cute <laughs> because it hurts. It's right. that throbbing uh, black and blue ankle, right? That's swollen. Uh, but on the flip side, we need it. It's extremely important to our health. Without it, we would not be alive. So okay. it literally heals our body. It's a good thing despite the pain and discomfort. And uh, the, the type of inflammation that... Uh, we need to keep very low in our lives and focus on is uh, silent or chronic inflammation. And this is the type of inflammation, you can look at it as like a sore on the inside of your body that never okay. heals, because you really don't know it's there. But they research shows that they can take uh, uh, tests six months before somebody gains weight and determine whether they're going to gain weight or not. Oh, interesting. Simply by the the inflammation in the body. So it's, it's there, we don't know it's there. And that's why it's called silent inflammation. But when we focus on an, an anti-inflammatory diet, if you will, or exercise, uh, things that I've mentioned before, then we can keep it low and, uh, and live optimally. No, that's fantastic. And actually, that leads me to my next question. Since we have been over the last two and a half years and still ongoing in many ways. We've been in a very um, unusual situation, obviously, with the pandemic, with uh, the lifestyle changes, and so many different stressors. Uh, it sounds like this is a, a critical uh, area that we all need to be focusing on. Is that Would you agree that inflammation is probably one of the uh, top uh, concerns that uh, needs to be addressed? Absolutely, John. Yes, it is. And that's exactly what I've tried to do throughout my career is to help people zone in on inflammation. Because again, if we can keep it low, we're good. Okay. Yeah. We're pretty good for the most part. Um, so yes, uh, I, I would say with, you know, the lockdowns and, you know, we all hear about the, the COVID 10, COVID 15, now it's COVID 20 mm -hmm. in terms of weight gain, right. And pounds. Um, that is a real thing. And yeah. people, you know, they became sedentary and they weren't eating well because there was a lot of stress going on. And when you, you, you make, you know, stress causes us to choose unhealthy because mm -hmm. those foods literally uh, trigger dopamine and serotonin in the body. And just for a very short period of time, it, they work, we feel better, but a couple minutes later, we're not right. And so if it's done chronically, continuously, once in a while is fine, but chronically is a real problem because uh, this, these foods, this sedentary behavior, sitting all day, watching TV, not moving the body is, is really, really bad. So when you um, are sitting for a long time, like many people did during uh, the lockdowns, there is a buildup of inflammation in the body. And within 20 minutes, um, our muscle function starts to uh, just go down. And we also have an increase in blood sugar that's circulating throughout the body. 
And so that's one of the most inflammatory things you can do is uh, have an excess of glucose circulating in the body because I won't go into all the, the reasons why, but it's suffice it to say it causes inflammation, metabolic disorders, and much more. So, you know, if another thing people don't realize is that when they move their body, they literally are using up that excess glucose, right? So that's why it's so great that, you know, if you've, you know, eaten a, an unhealthy meal, at least do some push-ups or walk, right, take right, a walk or, take or a something. Walk, yeah utilize that access and i'm going to encourage our listeners i mean you've written a series of books you have a podcast on this and also you tweet out such great health tips and and uh everything from diet to lifestyle uh, uh revolving around reducing inflammation so i'm going to direct our listeners there we're going to shift our focus now to you as a writer as an author uh, so i i want to ask i mean you have so many uh different wonderful mediums did you ever envision yourself writing books? <laughs> no, and that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> because to me, writing was, are you kidding? Me, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, I got through school okay, but you know, writing papers, etc. But you know, as an actual author, um, no, I did not. And it was a shock to me when I when I did have my first book out there, right? Um, but you know, it's it's one of the things that I think if anybody's interested in writing, it, they should attempt it because I'm here to tell you that I honestly did not think I was a, a good enough writer to be an author. Well, Dr. Laurie, so I want to ask you what inspired you or caused you to write that first book? Uh, again, it was I wanted to get the word out about inflammation. Okay. And I felt like if I combined it with weight loss, my first book, that it would it would help a lot of people and it actually did that book went did really really well and uh you know so it it did fulfill what i wanted it to fulfill um and then i realized you know i could probably get better at doing this and so um that's what i did i i strove to to help other people with their health by writing books it's one avenue of getting your word out it's not the only one uh, but, you know, it's one way for people to, you know, in terms of, uh, say, a nonfiction book, mm -hmm. uh, education book, to really help other people. And if we don't have our health, what do we have? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. You know. Something that I find very interesting, and mm -hmm. I, I really want to learn more about this, is that not only are you writing the doctrinal science of inflammation, you're not just informing people, but you're also... Uh, providing interactivity, you're, you're providing exercises and, and, and diet plans. Right. So I would love to know, how do you begin, uh, let's say you're a subject matter expert in an area like health or science or finance, how do you go about writing a book like that? One that isn't simply asking a reader to be just a passive observer, but to actually be proactive and engaged with the material. That's really important. You have to write it from a, their perspective, okay. generally speaking, right? I can't customize it, but generally speaking, you have to write it from the reader's perspective and to an audience that may want to know more about the particular subject I'm writing about. And, and when you put yourself in their shoes, it becomes easier. So you start out with what, what is inflammation, for example. And, okay, yes. Yeah, and educate from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, in terms of 
you know, uh, dedication to writing, I would say that uh, one thing that really motivated me to write my books initially, especially, is somebody told me that if it's if you just get started, like you're writing an article. And so before I wrote my book, I wrote lots of articles, okay. right? And so if you just write, say, a 500 word article a day or every couple of days, right. then it gets done, right? And then you go and you're moving forward before you know it. Almost and, like the way you approach inflammation, if, if you take those little choices and then they all add up holistically. Exactly. Yeah, health, that's a really, it I sounds never thought like about it like that. Yeah. Breaking it down into, yeah. I love that analogy. If you think about it as writing several short pieces as right. opposed to this monolithic uh, right. thing called a book, I, I, I love <laughs> exactly. the fact it's that overwhelming. You, you broke yeah. it down. Yeah. 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 So that, that was really uh, how I went about it. So I would write, you know, um, I'd get my outline. And then I would, okay. and then, yeah, I would actually, that's, that leads me to my next question. Yeah. What is your process? Do you start with the outline? Do you start say with, um, uh, you know, do you, are you a pen and paper person? Do you talk it into a voice recorder or pen and paper? What's, what's your tool of choice when you're getting started? Actually, it's, um, an, it's an outline of sorts. Okay. <laughs> Kind of a messy one. Um, and then from there, I create a table of contents. Oh, okay. So you start with the table of contents. Yeah, because I think if I have a clear, and also a title too. Okay, so does the title have to come first? I know it's different with different yeah. authors, so I would love to know for you yeah. specifically. So you the title okay. has to be first. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I don't know what it is about my brain, but if I have a title for an article or anything, I'm, I'm more focused on what okay. I need. So the title, the outline, and then the table of contents. And do you write and these down or are you putting them on a whiteboard? I would love to- On the computer, kind of, on a document. Okay, a document. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, that's great. I think that's actually a very- I'm not that old, John. <laughs> you know what? I still use the, the pen and paper. So, you know, some people think do better you? when they, they, they can, you know, that's draw arrows true. and doodle and everything. And then- In I fact, still they, there's research that. supporting that. You do yeah, a better job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I love- what you're sharing, you start with the title because it's almost like a promise that you're going to actually give life to this book. And then you start with right. the table of contents, which is like a reformed or refined version of your outline. And do you set a schedule? Because I know you're a very busy person and, yeah. and you have a lot that you're juggling. How do you find the time to write a book? Or how do you find time to, if you're thinking of it as 10, 12 articles, how do you, how do you make that time? Um, you know, it just, it, it always gets pushed aside. Okay. <laughs> so I try to, to make it a part of my day, right? Mm -hmm. um, or every other day or whatever. But, um, but it's from that from there, it is consistency. So if you're not consistent with doing this, then it's just, it's just, it's um, disappointing, you become right. disappointed in yourself. And um, from that point, you know, you, you're able to, so, you know, back to the article, when I'm able to write this first article, if you will, 500 words, although it will be more, um, ideally a thousand would be perfect, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but as long as you're getting something, even 250 words in, you're going to be very proud of yourself. Yes. And, um, and that's what just motivates most authors, I think, is that they keep plugging away. They don't give up. 
Do you set yourself a hard deadline? Do you look at your calendar and, and say, I'm going to have this first draft done by X date? No. Or are you a little more open-ended? I don't. Okay. Yeah, open-ended. Yeah. Because it's stressful for me if I'm like, oh, oh you know, with everything. And we want to reduce the inflammation. That's the goal. Right? So. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Yeah. So uh, I, you bring up something very interesting. I, I am so curious because uh, you don't set a deadline yet you accomplish the book. What right. continues to enable that? Do you have uh, a person that you are accountable to like, let's say an accountability buddy or someone who, who checks in on you, or is it just more that you're checking in with yourself and making sure that you are making progress and, and working on the book? Yeah. And as you probably can guess, it's with myself, it's, okay. you know, um, I'm the kind of person that if I know I have to do something, I generally will do it. I mean, I always will do it. It's just one of those things about me that I don't want it hanging over my head. Got it. I don't want it causing stress. You know? <laughs> so I will generally do it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of like um, making a deal with yourself. If you make, if you, if you do something, you take on a project, you want to be the kind of person that follows through with that, that, if you will, commitment to yourself, right? And so that's how I look at it. If I don't, then I feel like, you know, um, it's um, disappointing myself, you know? I love, I love it. And it sounds like having the title on the table of contents, again, that's just your anchor, your promise that this this is something you're going to give life. Yeah. And, and obviously titles can evolve. I I am curious since you have so many books that you've already written, uh, are they all traditionally published? Have you uh, done any self-publishing? What is your medium of choice in terms of getting the books actually out there? Yes. uh, I've three out of the four books have been um, published by me. Okay. And uh, one was published by Harper Collins called how to fight fat flammation. Oh, interesting. yeah, so that was uh, a different experience for me because I wasn't completely in control, right? right? So right. I had an editor uh, with Harper Collins work with me on the book. Um, no, you can't say that. No, we have to chop out a hundred pages. Interesting. <laughs> so it was a different. It was a different experience for sure. Do you have? And if you don't mind my asking, do you have a preference? Because you've done both, and there are pros and cons to traditional versus self-publishing. Which experience did you find uh, fit more with you as as a writer and as a content creator? Uh, I would say uh, self-publishing. Okay. Is easier. Um, because obviously you don't, you know, there you do have hard dates and um, uh, for the most part, right, change right. as well. But, you know, once you sign on with a traditional publisher, you don't have any rights to the book. You're right. essentially, you're selling the book to them. Mm-hmm. So if you want to put the book on sale or you want to give it away or whatever, you can't you, because it's their book. They own it. And so that's part, the part of it. I don't like, um, you know, that's the other, when you do self-publishing, assuming you get the marketing down, well, um, you're good to go. I think, I think you'll do just as well. And for the most part in this day and age, unless you're a celebrity, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just to keep it balanced, I would love for you to share something you did like about the traditional publishing experience and something maybe you weren't so crazy about when it came to self-publishing. 
Yeah. Um, so with traditional publishing, what I liked the best was the feedback, oh, right? Okay. Yes. I really liked the feedback um, because there I was given some things to think about that really made sense and I wasn't thinking about before. So that part was great. I also liked their two-month marketing help. That was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, it used to be a lot longer, but they've changed so much now. Um, they only give you two months of of marketing the book for you. Um, and then with self-publishing, what I like the best is that I can do whatever I want. I can put it on sale. I can give it away. You know, sounds like you really like self-publishing because I was curious, yeah. if, was there anything you didn't like about self-publishing? Was there any negatives that you found compared to working with traditional publishing right. or maybe you don't have any? Um, actually, I think I like the way, it, you know, I like I like self-publishing. I also like traditional publishing. It's just, um, I think self-publishing, you have more freedom, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Right? And so when you publish the book, um, there are categories, say, on Amazon that you can pick and choose for the yes. most part. Yes. I think right? it's up to uh, three the last time I, I yeah. remember. Maybe right. two or three. So. Yeah, but on traditional publishing, the uh, they do that. Yeah. They choose it. And if I had my druthers, I would have not put it in a couple of those categories. Oh, interesting. You know? Okay. Yeah. And also the cover design, you know, your cover design is. Yeah. It's all in the well. hands of the. Yeah. Up to them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So there's definite, it sounds like it's such a different experience with both. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that with our listeners because, you know, I, I've, it's, it's, it's rare to get to speak to someone who's actually experienced both worlds. So I really appreciate your insight. And this actually leads me to my next question. So for specifically for authors who may be experts in specific fields, such as science, health, medicine, or, or finance or engineering, do you have any advice on that person who may be wanting to write a book uh, and maybe they want to share their expertise? Where do you think they should begin? I think if they start out writing articles first, okay. that's what I did. It will give you a sense of the writing factor, you know, that, that commitment to writing a piece, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, you know, you just again, you just make a commitment to writing those articles, you know, those, you know, you write out whatever, whatever you want, if you want it done by chapters, however, you organize how you want it written out, um, just writing 500 words a day, say, or every couple days. I love that advice. Just start out with the short form right. and, and just test the waters that way before you yeah. commit yourself to writing a, right. a book, which is a much, much bigger challenge. And it also fits in line with if you enjoy writing an article and thinking about a book as a series of articles, it, it definitely fits in you terms of- You can add those to your book too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Laurie, where can our listeners find you and where can they find your books? Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. Um, so they can find me at drlorishemek.com. I have lots and lots of articles <laughs> that you can look at um, and all regarding health, weight loss, anything regarding health, it's there. Okay. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at drlorishemek. Um, very, you know, I interact with anybody, with everybody who's on there who, you know, connects with me. Um, and then same with Twitter, 
you mm -hmm. know, I respond to everybody's comments and uh, every day post information that's practical and usable. Same with Facebook, Dr. Lori Shemek. So on Twitter, it's Lori Shemek. Facebook, it's Dr. Lori Shemek. Instagram, it's Dr. Lori <laughs> Got to keep track of all the different I know. <laughs> social media handles. Well, now they we're we're going to have all of those linked in the write-up for our listeners so they can find it all in one place. And this is all going to be housed at bemovingforward.com. Uh, Dr. Lori, one more time, can you remind our listeners the name of, uh, you know, your most recent books and, um, you know, just for our listeners? Sure. And I forgot to mention my podcast. So I have Oh, yes, please do. I want, I want you I to totally mention the name of your remember, podcast. Thank you. It's called This Podcast Burns Fat. Oh, that's <laughs> and, a great title. And I have, thank you. And I have a co-host, Omar Cumberbatch. And together we bring on, you know, best-selling authors, New York Times bestsellers and medical experts, health experts, nutrition experts, sleep experts, you name it. We have oh, that's fantastic. I love how life. everything is just connected in terms of your your mission, your work, your social media, and your content, your podcast, and you know your books. It just there's a there's a very clear through line, which I think is another takeaway for our listeners is that build that consistency in what you put out there in terms of your your branding and your social media. So. That's a good point. Yeah, consistency is key. <laughs> I've learned that. Um, and yes, uh, my books are uh, fire up your fat burn. The Beginner's Guide to Intermittent Fasting, this, um, this podcast, <laughs> How to Fight Fat Flammation. And my last book is called The Ketogenic Key. So I love that. Have you trademarked fat flammation? Because I, <laughs> I think that you might have something there. Yeah, yeah, I did. And yeah, HarperCollins love that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dr. Lori, I want to thank you so much for taking time out hey, of John. your super busy schedule to join me today to share some insights into inflammation, what it is. I think that that alone is a super helpful, but also insights into your writing journey and writing books that are interactive and helpful. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. I'm honored. So really, thank you, John. I really, and everybody out there for listening. I appreciate and again, it. Uh, the videos for the, this series, as you know, we're releasing these on Wednesday. I'm so thankful every author, including Dr. Lori, has agreed to do a video interview. So you can catch that uh, on our social media. And then the podcast episodes are released every Thursday along with the write-up. And again, this will be at bemovingforward.com. Hope everyone has a great week. And next week, I'm going to do a summation and a wrap-up of all of the different authors that we've had on this show. Thank you, Dr. Lori. Thank you. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.